Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. The Around the NFL podcast loves motivational speech cliches. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room that's filled with heroes Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Woo! Adam Mondays. Oh, thank God. Your week is looking up. Got out of hump day. And let's not sleep on hump day. The worst. It's like half <laughs> glass, half empty, half full. Oh, my God. It is nice to see your Monday bit mushrooming. Tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow. TGIF. I like to call Thursday Friday Junior. I like that. The Gentleman's Friday, I call the it. Gentleman's Friday. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, uh, Greg. Uh, how are you? Yeah, you've really got the office worker talk covered. <laughs> Speaking of the office, my goodness. A couple of things. Thanks, Ben. A couple of things. I had uh, a small thing that will build up to a very big thing. I had a tremendous uh, Asian chicken salad today. Tremendous. And... Uh, one of the best huddle, and that's our local commissary, uh, meals I've ever had. And it was suggested to me by a woman that I've known for um, several years now, a real, a real classy dame, one of the greats, uh, a, a two-time champion on the softball field, uh, and also uh, has a, another name. She's the Paramore. And uh, some big news broke. What was it, Tuesday? Tuesday, was? I already forget the date. Whoa. bode well. It Tuesday. was Tuesday because Wes pretended to be doing house-related stuff, I believe. Also. I actually was doing well, house-related stuff. But you, uh, you, had a, you, had a, you had a covert plan operating as a plan B. I did have a covert plan. Chris Wessling dropped to one knee, presumably. I did, in fact. And made plans to make an honest woman <laughs> of the paramour. I popped the question. Popping the question. Bring that back, too. I like that. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Thank you. Ow! We're very excited. How exciting. Tremendous. A little overdue, but it's great. 
Yeah, I had this whole cancer <laughs> thing that got in the way for a while. It did get in the way. Yeah. If you did, right. plans. How about this? If you did not catch the big C in a big spot, mm. when would this have happened? No, well, she asked me last night. I asked Wes, not you, Greg. She asked me last night, if not for the big C, would this have happened? Oh, that's And I said, I'm very confident, 100% confident it would have happened. But I feel like we grew stronger together as a result. Of That's it. so true because Lakeisha was a total rock for you. Absolutely. Like, I've never seen anything like it in terms of devotion, like up close, the way she was devoted to you during your fight and leading up to the hospital stay and after it. Uh, that was – what else do you need? We, we were fortunate that we had hit our strongest point about a couple of months before the diagnosis. So we were sailing at the time. Mm. And I think that helped a lot. I think uh, – I mean, it's been a huge summer for you guys. I, see, I expected this to happen, and it's it's so great to see two of the best people ever, you know, un- becoming a union forever. But I expected that. I did not know you were going to get a badass house to move into at the exact same time. So yeah, that's like, nicely um, done. It's a lot. <laughs> it's done. a lot. That helped with the timing of it, and, um, yeah, it just it feels like a lot of things that I didn't believe would happen for a long time are now all of a sudden happening, you know, in, in a great way, um, much sooner than I would have expected. And connect the dots. Wes now tucking in his shirt. A lot's happening. A lot is changing for Wes. Well, that, if you want to connect engaged. the dots, is that we haven't done laundry since before we left for Tybee. <laughs> so like, I've got these nice clothes that I have to wear because my mm. normal, like, uh, casual. Wear. All right. And by the way, Vegas is already cooking up the odds for who will be the best man of Wes's mm. wedding. Uh, where, where, did, where they have David Ely right now? I think Ely was sitting at about 250 to 1. Long shot. Wow. I mean, you got it. You can't – not everyone can be a favorite. I like Ely he, a lot. He, he's a long shot. Oh, that would be quite a Machiavellian work move to make Ely your best man. Um, I would I would appreciate that. <laughs> the question that also is – Strategy. I feel are, like Nick Westling's already just Nick's do, doing the job assuming he is. Like he's just, he's just <laughs> it feels like a Nick move to assume that he would be. Yeah, that's, that's four to one, they're saying. Uh, Ely, by the way, the greatest odds he's ever had to be a best man. That's oh, no. open. wow. <laughs> Triple source. That seems drive by. Like you did. Harsh. Love you. Uh, all right. So great, great, great news. Uh, like how you upgraded from like you to love you. You corrected yourself. <laughs> I like you. Dude. I like you. That sounds bad. Um, so great news around the Wesseling compound. Uh, and maybe we'll get we'll touch on this more a little bit later. Uh, but we got a lot to get to uh, today, including a prominent uh, Patriot uh, suspension, and uh, this one unlikely to be met with the resistance of the last major offensive player for the Patriots who was suspended for four games. We'll get into that. Also, although who do I, I don't know. Maybe it will turn into another huge to-do. Every suspension strikes fear in my heart now. Get court dates and injunctions. <laughs> I, I this it, feels a little more uh, it, it, a little neater than the than the. I did a three-hour binge. I'm almost through the Cowboys All or Nothing season now, uh, and it it gave me like PTSD. Uh, <laughs> watch watching the the Elliot saga unfold. Anyway, uh, news from the White House. Brave of you to get through that, Dan. Uh, <laughs> I made it. I made it. Uh, and uh, also. On the subject of Wes's impending nuptials with the paramour, uh, some real talk about marriage, NFL marriages, that is. So we'll get to that. So uh, let's um, get right to it. Let's do some news. If I ain't got something to say, Elizabeth, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. He's getting there, folks. 
He's building up his courage. I think maybe he's going to ask her. What's, he, what's that? Look at that. Hot rod. It's Take a look. Whoa. Look at that ring. He's going to ask her, folks. Yeah. Elizabeth. Elizabeth. This is how it went down, by the way. Yeah, Will this is like a play-by-play -play review. <laughs> we don't have he an answer. Did it. We don't have an answer. We don't. He did it. He Wait, we don't have an answer. Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Lakeisha. us over to this announcing background. <laughs> we could have done a live podcast watching you. Although, back, when, back when wrestling was real. Although, yes. <laughs> although Mean Gene Okerlund was also at your uh, big uh, move, he was also nude, which is very strange. Well, mean Gene, not wearing any clothes. Right? You also short-sighted Mean Gene in the odds for best man. He's in there. He's in. The, I haven't announced the odds yet, but he's in there. <laughs> he's in there. Is he ahead of uh, the brothers or behind the brothers? Uh, some of them. <laughs> Some of a better shot than others for different reasons. Okay, let's start. Uh, yes, let's start on the throne of sleaze. Wait. Oh. Uh oh. Tom Brady. He's not going to have his favorite. Oh. Uh oh. People of New England. Oh, no. We come in peace. Oh, they seem friendly. I say we trust them. How great for our planet. Is that the moment you knew Lakeisha was the girl you wanted to spend the rest of your life with when you heard that? Yeah, that was, that was her debut on the podcast. Yes, her, her glowing optimism about a life force beyond ours. I would say that that is very much in character for her. I think with Dan and I recording that with Lakeisha that we kind of brought her into the podcast That's world. Family. And in a way, probably Dan and I are being sort of underrated in terms of who gets credit for this this relationship, you right. know, that moment right there probably spun this axis a bit. Your arrow is pointing up on the best man odds. All right. How about a co-best man scenario? Mm. I mean, just for that? <laughs> for that, for that taping alone call, that occurred in like April 2016. I yeah. mean, Greg did, in fact, hire both of us, but you guys that's you guys plan to drop. That's business. <laughs> she, she's definitely a better actress than Miss Elizabeth. That's for sure. Oh, she delivered that By the way, Miss Elizabeth not with us anymore, no Greg, so us. maybe, you know, take it a little How easier. How would I have known that? Well, it's history. Sports history. She was involved in wrestling, and she's over the age of 50. Julian Edelman, the uh, Tom Brady um, paramour, is facing a four-game <laughs> suspension, violating the NFL's performance enhancing, enhancing substances policy. Kim Jones reported ESPN first had it. Uh, if the suspension holds, has it been formally appealed yet as of taping? I've yeah, not. that's why whenever it comes out in the news like this, it means it's under appeal. You're okay. not supposed to find out till it's official, but sure. yeah, it's under appeal. So under appeal. Edelman, if it holds, will miss the Patriots' first four games of the season, Texans, Jags, Lions, and Dolphins. So there's some big games there. Edelman's 32. Of course, he missed all of last season after suffering a torn ACL uh, in the preseason. Greg, we'll start with you, Patriots fan. Uh, you and all Pats fans were counting on Edelman to fill the void uh, in an offseason in which there were some key defections. Uh, and now they will be without him for a quarter of the season. Is this a big deal? It is for Edelman. I, he has oh, to not the Patriots. No, because I don't know what you're getting in Edelman. I have not assumed he's going to be their number one receiver. I have not assumed he's going to be the Julian Edelman of old. He's 32 years old with a history of foot problems coming off a torn ACL. Always a smaller guy who is counting on 
quickness to beat defenders. Maybe he was going to come back in and just be like his old self, but I wasn't assuming that. And in the way the Patriots kind of are run, you the only constant is change. The offense is always changing. They have Gronk, Chris Hogan, Jordan Matthews, James White, Sony Michelle, a lot of guys who are going to catch the ball for them. They're not all wide receivers, but they're deep at wide receivers, so I don't think it's a killer. I'm more just wondering – I don't care about the first four weeks. You have that luxury when you're a Patriots fan on some level. I, I wonder what Julian Edelman are they getting this season, period, because they could really use him to be the guy that he used to be, and, and we won't know until week five. I think to your point, I mean, it's a team that has historically proven that they can shape shift from week to week. They could have spent two weeks of those four weeks, even if he were on the roster, deciding not to maximize him and maximize other players. I mean, they just they can be a new offense weekly with the way they do things. I do think that it's probably ultimately a sneaky plan by Kenny Britt to try to have some sort of impact on an NFL roster he, come he, September. He tainted the, the sub. The I'm sub. just saying I wouldn't put anything past Kenny Britt at this point, and here he is in New England causing a stir. He has had access to substances in the past. No doubt. Uh, you do bring up the point, Wes. I'll, I'll tee you up on this. Uh, you, Chris Hogan, you mentioned Jordan Matthews. Um, other wide receivers in, in their building, Cordero Patterson, Malcolm Mitchell, Kenny Britt, Philip Dorsett, Braxton Berrios, Cody Hallster. Do they have enough guys? Well, they had the number one offense in the NFL without Julian Edelman last year and just put 625 yards on one of the best defenses in football in the Super Bowl without Julian Edelman. I think they'll be all right. No Amendola <laughs> either, by the way. No, I know the, right. the instinct in this room is to always say no, that. No, no, Brandon. Like, uh, their passing yeah. game might struggle, but I don't think it will because Edelman's there for the first month or not. They tend to start slowly in general. Gronk is the number one receiver on the team. Right, Gronk's healthy. And and they won a Super Bowl without him. It, it should be remembered. But he's the number one receiver on the team. I, I've been wondering, how what is this offense going to look like? I don't think Bill Belichick knows. That's why they often do get out of the gates a little slowly. They spend that first month or more. Last year, it felt like most of the season. Well, and their version of slowly out. is not other teams versions of slowly no, it's I mean and, you know. it's two and two sometimes also Jordan Matthews might be six two or six three and 220 pounds but he's almost strictly a slot receiver yep uh so we'll see how that plays out if Edelman is indeed not going to be with the team but uh let's move on uh big uh big White House news the Philadelphia Eagles had their visit to the White House canceled less than 24 hours before it was scheduled um this coming uh after the White House made an announcement that the Eagles – let me read this statement, actually, from President Donald Trump. The Philadelphia Eagles are unable to come to the White House with their full team to be celebrated tomorrow. They disagree with their president because he insists that they proudly stand for the national anthem, hand on heart in honor of the great men and women of our military and the people of our country. Uh, and owner Jeffrey Lurie, Eagles, Jeff, Eagles owner Jeffrey Lurie, did not want to put his players – uh, in a tough spot. That's how this all started. Um, did not say everyone go to the White House. Their their decision, the Eagles' decision, was to send a smaller delegation, and that ended up being a very small delegation. And then when the White House got wind of that, they tried to change uh, the situation and say, no, if you're not going to send a lot of people, don't send anybody. And it just turns into another ugly situation involving the NFL and the President of the United States. And we talked about when they changed the anthem policy that their expressed goal in press conferences, the owners that is, was to kind of minimize this story. And I think the last week has shown how short-sighted that was. 
you know, because because it obviously it didn't it didn't help ease any tensions with the the White House, and it's just an awkward situation because we haven't really heard much from the NFL side. We we saw a very sort of indirect statement from the Eagles in response that really didn't address it. And and I'm wondering, like, why aren't we? It, it's just strange to not hear anything from the NFL, because I look at what the Eagles have done over the last few days. And you guys can talk about it, too. Malcolm Jenkins and and everything that's happened. And and part of me is proud to be part of that. The Eagles are doing this proud of what the players are doing. And yet it's this strange silence in terms of the between the league and the White House in this situation. Yeah, I mean, uh, I feel like one of my earliest memories uh, of football was when the Redskins won the Super Bowl in 1987 and went and met with Ronald Reagan, that clip of Doug Williams throwing the pass to Reagan. And, and you have to know that big chunks of players on that team did not disagree or did not agree with the president and his stances and his viewpoint of the world. But over and over, the White House and the NFL community found a way to make this event happen year after year and the idea what 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 I find that I feel like the Eagles players are almost in desperation trying to make it clear to big chunks of the country none of us kneeled during the anthem scenario last year we have a player in Chris Long who gave his entire paycheck for educational funding we've got other players that have done that I just spent a month, I just spent a week overseas with with players and a coach who gave their time and earned not a cent to go spend time with the military. There are examples on every single team of players who give up their Tuesday, their off day, all season long, simply for charity work. And it's a higher percentage than the average office and the average office filled with working men and women. And instead, they are treated this way. And I could see why the frustration is reaching peak level. It appears as if this new national anthem policy, which is really inflamed all of this is also potentially ended up emboldening the president and it's caused uh, what what he did in lieu of holding this ceremony involving the eagles was to hold what was uh what was deemed a patriotic party of some kind that included uh the, the national anthem and god bless america um so it's turned into that this the policy which was meant to tamp things down has really made this a much bigger situation and it continues with this White House visit. By the way, I missed this by one year. Sandwich prop. I said the winner of Super Bowl 51 would not go to the White House. 52. That's, that is clearly the largest bullet point to this, to this story. Me, yeah. It is. By the way, an update. I bought you and Wes a sandwich last week. You did indeed. You did. And and I would have bought Greg one, but you had already eaten. And so I bought Greg a cup of coffee that he managed to spill all over the floor of the sandwich shop that we were at. And I believe, did they give you a complimentary cup in return? <laughs> nice store. Nice place. Did they? Uh, did, I'm just did saying, I'm getting tweets all the time. Oh, Sessler doesn't. No, I'm not going to. I'm going to pay for it out of my own, my own pocket because, you know, it would be, I think to go get it expense would feel a little cheap. Uh, bad news uh, around the Giants. Uh, the Giants players were informed Tuesday by Coach Pat Shermer that GM Dave Gettleman, diagnosed with lymphoma, uh, which is a type of cancer that begins in infection-fighting cell- cells of the immune system. Gettleman, 67 years old, said earlier this week that his, quote, prognosis, prognosis is positive, uh, uh, but uh, this comes after the Giants hired Gettleman in December. He was the GM of the Panthers. Uh, for four years prior to that. And Gettleman plans to work through treatments 
and uh, assistant GM Kevin Abrams and Shermer will obviously help him during this process. Wes, cancer, it pops up everywhere. Yeah, I I have a feeling it won't affect his job for a while, but once he starts going through the treatments, I, he'll. I'll tip my cap to him if he can keep doing, uh, you know, 12, 15-hour days and not have to lean on other people to carry out some of his responsibilities because it, it does get to be a very arduous uh, process to go through. Yeah, there's not, and you wouldn't expect it. It's. I think everyone wants to respect his privacy. There's such a range of, of how the recover, how the process of trying to get better is going to be, and there's not a lot of information. But he's obviously a guy that we've we've enjoyed. Like, we love to one one of the characters in the NFL, and there was a great great moment in his life to get this job. I mean, he was a light, almost a lifer with the Giants. It's kind of a dream job, especially the way that that it ended in Carolina for him to land on this job. So you feel for him. I thought you were referring to at the combine when uh, Mark Sessler approached Dave Gettleman. Both men had had some drinks at that point and went up to him, shook his hand and said, you're one of the uh, best men in the league. I think I said you're one of the best general managers in the NFL. And, you know, uh, I thought that was the top moment. Well, in Mark's life. He he couldn't have been nicer. And I basically just said my dad was a Giants fan, you know, and he's like, oh, yeah, like he got like he got right into it. And it's just like I, everything that we kind of thought about Gettleman from afar in person. He was that guy. Uh, in other news, uh, Carson Wentz, the Eagles quarterback who uh, lost the end of his uh, second season after a torn ACL in December. He continues to be on the right track for week one. Uh, Doug Peterson, the Eagles coach, said Wednesday that Wentz has been cleared for seven-on-seven work uh, at OTAs. Uh, This is a controlled environment, so nothing too heavy-duty, but it is yet another sign that the quarterback can be ready for week one against the Atlanta Falcons and it will be Nick Foles serving as the backup as that season began, but certainly did not finish. Yeah, it's just a signpost that says, here we are, he's passed this test, uh, he's on pace for week one, and we'll find out more in training camp. There was some video of him sort of dodging these big medicine-y, medicine ball, balloon ball type things. I don't know what the actual substance of the ball was, but... Uh, he looked great going left and right and looked, looked spry. There were bombs, actually. <laughs> they, I mean, they honestly, because yeah. like a medicine ball is a certain size. It looked, from what I saw, like an odd version of a medicine ball, but <laughs> I probably should have talk, stopped talking about eight seconds ago. So. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, the Baltimore Ravens, again, facing discipline for violating off-season workout rules under the CBA. The Ravens will forfeit their final two organized team activities this week as a result of an undisclosed infraction. Greg, take us behind the scenes. What was this infraction? Who knows? Okay. Vice President. <laughs> we do know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, Wes, what I, there, was there the infraction? Be, I believe Wes wrote the article here. I did indeed. Uh, John Harbaugh's statement said that the Ravens were singled out for pass coverage contact. Mm. There there could be no less consequential you know, story every year than a team losing OTAs. Well, they're also losing hun- hundreds of thousands of dollars. So, yeah, to, to Steve Bishotti, that matters. Not not to me. It's like many of the teams, including the Lions. Why the are Lions, you so selfish, Greg? I'm saying the Lions, for instance, they don't hold, and, and this is pretty. They don't hold routine. practices. They don't hold nearly as many <laughs> OTAs. Uh, they actually haven't. They, they, oh, they, they turned they it around this a couple, year. They skipped, new deal now. They skipped a couple OTAs. They'll show up by September. Era. They, so it's you, not a new era, though. I would think this would be on your radar. They went out of their way <laughs> to not hold two of their OTAs because they don't believe in practicing three straight days. But they did practice this week, right, as opposed to last week? Weren't they one of the four teams, first four teams? Yeah. Yes. Well, that's progress. 
So I'm saying maybe they cut some practices, so some old habits. You know, we'll see if that comes back to bite them. When the when the I know this was like bubbled up on Twitter yesterday too, but when you're the Ravens and you just sort of do this over and over and over, why is the why is the punishment remaining the same over and over? It's actually less this time. The Seahawks, less. the fines were less. It happened for the Seahawks too. They did lose a draft pick and and more money when they did it. I think because it's basically viewed as it's not really that big of an infraction. It's just like some contact in the secondary. You got to build that mouser now. This is no coincidence that the Ravens keep getting caught. John Harbaugh hates this rule, has called it un-American. I like John Harbaugh. He hates this part of the CPA and has basically said, how do we get young players to develop if we can't practice? It's un-American not to help them further their craft. That's how he phrased well, it. Well, back in the, not the old days, but in the 80s and 90s, when you'd hear a coach say, like, we had a great week of practice, mm-hmm. it meant that they hit the crap out of each other every single yes. day. And now it means nothing. John Harbaugh, or some people call him the less crazy Jim Harbaugh. Friend of the show. He was one of the nicest guys when we interviewed him. Although I don't know if he's, I'm not ready to say he's the less crazy one. He's got some heat to him. <laughs> We've heard. Is he in Jim's class in terms of being an eccentric? No, Probably. but but I think he's got some things. He's not a guy you would want to cross. No, I think you hmm. know maybe he just does it not in front of the camera. I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> We're hearing the same stories, a little behind the scenes stuff going on here. Huh? A little insider on insider talk. I like it. Ryan Shazier held his first press conference Wednesday morning uh, since he suffered that uh, terrifying spinal injury in Week 13. Uh, last year, uh, he underwent spinal stabilization surgery in December. Uh, we saw him come out with a, you know, very noticeable uh, limp, very stiff uh, at the draft uh, when he announced a Steelers pick. Uh, but despite that, and despite the fact that he's already been moved to the uh, reserve physically unable to perform list, which ends his 2018 season, Ryan Shazier is not giving up on the idea that he could return to football. Here's what he said during his presser. Uh, yeah, my dream is to come back and play football again. You know, I, I've been working my tail off every single day. So uh, I, I have that in my back of my mind every single, every single time I go to rehab. And, you know, I just try to stay positive every single day. So I'm just trying to do everything I can to get back. I know this is a guy that uh, his whole life was built up upon playing football, playing professional football. But I have to say it's like I admire him, but also I can't, I can't even imagine – uh, the how scary it would be, the idea of going back on a football field after what happened. Uh, so best of luck to him. Well, this tells me that his doctors have told him it's possible or have not said, hey, it's not possible for you to get back out there. And, and there's no way for this to happen again unless you can visualize it yourself. So I, I, I love that he still has it in his mind to go back out there. Made a lot of progress. I mean, that's that's what strikes me is they – you know. They, in these cases, usually the first few months are so, so crucial, and he's made a lot of progress in those few months. I mean, you can see it when he's walking up to the press conference. And we don't know him, but a lot of people around him who know him personally and very well say we don't doubt him. So, I mean, I think, Wes, you're exactly right. If he knew it was impossible, he wouldn't say these things. So many humans go through life growing up and not doing something they're passionate about for the rest of their lives. And this is a man who's passionate about something. I hope it's not taken away from him. Best of luck to Ryan Shazier. Moving on, Zach Miller, who also uh, suffered a horrific injury on the field last season. This was a dislocated knee, shredded all ligaments. He's underwent nine surgeries um, uh, leading into January uh, just to try to save the leg 
uh, forget about repair the leg, to save the leg. That's how serious the Miller injury was. Uh, he was re- he was placed on the reserve pup list on Tuesday, uh, which effectively ends the season, uh, which he was never going to play anyway. It came a day after uh, the Bears signed him to a one-year $458,000 contract. Um, they did that as an act of good faith, and that's the type of stuff that I would think sits well with other players because that's a classy move by an organization. I think growing up, especially in this country, um, you learn too much how, how much the almighty dollar is worth and how much it factors into decisions. In sports, you hear it all the time. It's a business decision, and we've become numb to it. So when you see somebody make a move where it puts humans above of the above the almighty dollar, it's sort of jolting, and I love it because we don't have to like remove the human factor from all equations and involve money. Right. They. I mean, he's had nine surgeries since this injury. It, it. You know, both he and Shazier, their lives were irrevocably changed. You know, in in a moment. And Miller's not a guy. He had a long NFL career, but he's not a guy that you know, is making like $10 million a year and everything. And this gesture, yeah, you said it. You always hear there's no loyalty in sports. But this is this is a loyal That's, move by the Bears. This is pure loyalty. And I think people in any job you have, whether it's in football or any, or you work in a cubicle in the middle of Iowa, when someone you work with is going through a tough time, it's not, you, you monitor how your company treats that person. And, and Dan is right that in the locker room, the players see how the Bears treat someone who's been going through a lot. Uh, in Cleveland Browns news, Duke Johnson signs a three-year, $15.6 million extension through 2021. This is a bit surprising. Maybe it's surprising to Duke Johnson, who uh, did tweet uh, uh, his displeasure after the Browns took Nick Chubb in the draft. But it turns out the Browns still have, obviously, big plans for Johnson, who uh, had a career-high 74 catches in 2017. You like it, Mark? I like Duke Johnson a lot. I mean, I think he was – on a terrible team, a guy that was a quality player last year, and he was the year before. And if he were on a different team that was on national television five times a year, the whole country, I think, would know who Duke Johnson is for what he can do well. And I, I, I kind of think, you know, he may be upset about, about Nick Chubb, but I keep looking at Carlos Hyde and feel like I'm not even sure Carlos Hyde is on this team a year from now necessarily with the way, depending on, you know, who they're putting. You drafted someone and you just re-signed someone Carlos Hyde feels like the guy that's sort of sitting in the middle of, of this, wondering what his role is. Yeah, he gone. Most weeks last year, when I was going to watch Game Pass, Duke Johnson was the only reason I stayed awake during Browns games. Right. He had an exceptional right. season, running after the catch, breaking tackles, making something out of nothing. One of the best receiving backs in the league. You need, you need two backs. And uh, he he's, I think, been impressive since, since day one, and his role's moved up and up just because the coaching staff has learned how to use him better. And the, the money on this deal is very reasonable. It's good for both sides. I mean, the third down backs, they do not get paid a lot. So, but it's also smart uh, for the Browns to lock it in. Cause that, that's a great one to punch. If Chubb is anywhere close to what they expect. Finally in the news, Terrell Owens uh, gained an induction into the, or was voted into the pro football hall of fame uh, this year, but he will not, be in attendance. He declined his invitation to attend the August 4th ceremony, enshrinement ceremony in Canton. Uh, He made that announcement Thursday with an official statement. While I am incredibly appreciative of this opportunity, I have made the decision to publicly decline my invitation 
uh, to attend en- the induction ceremony in Canton. I have already shared this information with the hall. After visiting Canton earlier this year, I came to the realization that I wish to celebrate what will be one of the most memorable days of my life elsewhere. At a later date, I will announce where and when I will celebrate my induction. Uh, unprecedented uh, statement released by the Hall of Fame later that someone has made the choice not to intend, attend their own induction ceremony. Uh, and it's very strange. And you wonder what the story is behind it because it wasn't like they held T.O. out for 15 years and they hung him out to dry. I understand maybe he should have been a, a first ballot guy, but he got in on the third ballot. What gives here? Something happened in Canton. By the way, he said the statement. He said, after visiting Canton, I have determined that I don't want to do this. So something about the Hall of Fame made him uncomfortable. Right, that line was very interesting. And then Adam Shine tweeted out that he was with T.O. in the studio and asked him what friends – what former teammates are going to come watch you be inducted? And he, he's, he didn't name any teammates. He named three former assistant coaches. And so yeah. I, it just I wonder feels if that's like, what it's about. I don't know. It feels like there's just maybe a lot of bad feelings he, here. And I feel bad for T.O. if that's the end result here. He, he spoke at Cam Newton's kickball event, too, just saying he, was, he felt disrespected by, by having to wait. And I don't know if that's the reason why. But it's a bummer. It's a bummer, you know, for the weekend – but it's more of a bummer for T.O. because he's you, – you don't you can't tell another grown man, like, how to live your life or how to live his life. But you would think that it would be an amazing – almost every – you would think it would be maybe the, the highlight of his entire football career if he just let it happen. He would be showered in love. He would realize how everyone does really appreciate him. He would see all these other greats, and he loves the game of football. He would see how the greatest players of all time uh, do respect him, and you would think it would be sort of a, do a, a magical – they respect his game, and that's what they'll be talking I think about. If you, I and, think so. I don't think people are going to be jerks about it on Hall of Fame weekend, and I think they recognize he's one of the best players of all time. Right, and having – but we've been to a couple Hall of Fame weekends, and they really are like – this unadulterated, pure football experience. And I think it's an opportunity to maybe heal some of this stuff, and you're choosing not to take that opportunity. Sad. Marcellus Wallace once said that uh, pride is messing with you. F pride. I wonder if he's going to regret this in 10 years. Well, I mean, we'll never. Or if he ultimately, I wonder if he'll ever change his mind. Right, if enough people try to to change his mind. I mean, it's reasonable to be unsure about halls and fame in general. Like, if Terrell Owens doesn't have that much – people who are enshrined deserve it. They put they put all the effort in, and they deserve it to be honored. But there's a little bit of deification and lionizing that's a little too close to religion for me. Like, I don't – I love the history of the game, but I'm not that all that into Halls of Fame. It's ironic because T.O. has, like, you know, basically been criticized for – you know, self-deification and self-love and glory. And he's passing up basically the ultimate, you know, event for getting that, like, love and deification. And it's not the draft. It's not like when guys don't go to the draft and they like to be around their family and their old coaches and have a big party. Like, how are you going to have a party when the event itself is the I, I don't know. Right. How, strange. Is no one else uncomfortable with the fact that, Weird. that, like, if 35 of these 50 people – writers say you're in that's great you're in if 34 say it then you're out like i i have a hard time with it i just it it is it, the the process is strange i don't think that's his issue maybe it is i don't know but i think the experience of it could you know 
make that almost irrelevant. You know? I agree with you. Having been there, I agree with you. That just it's that kind of weekend. But uh, that's what's happening in the news. All right, at the top of the show, we uh, we spoke of the the grand news of the week that uh, Wes and the Paramore, Lakeisha Jackson, are engaged to be wed. So without further ado, we have to welcome the bride into the Around the NFL <laughs> podcast studios. Ladies and gentlemen, Lakeisha Jackson putting the headset on. Wow, she's wearing a wedding dress for the <laughs> podcast. That's great. Keish, welcome to the Around Hello. the NFL. Thanks for having me. Uh, How great for our planet. That was one ball. of my favorite comments that someone posted about your Twitter <laughs> announcement. And I started dying laughing. Well, with you in the room, uh, congratulations Thank to both you. of you. Uh, you know, we're so excited. We can't wait for the wedding. The wedding's going to be a banger. Where is the wedding going to be? What, what's going on? When's the wedding? When will it be? Where Tybee and when? Tybee Island, man. It's going to Tybee. Oh, yeah. Going to Tybee. Oh, that's Now, great. the exact date, though, we don't know yet. Like maybe week seven, week eight, right in the middle of oh, the regular right. season. No. Ely wouldn't allow that. Right when the Browns and Jets <laughs> are squaring off. No. Wait, Ely could be the best man. You have not ruled that out either. 250 to one odds, according to Mark. It's a long shot. According to Vegas. Best shot he's got. <laughs> By according, looking according to Keisha's face, I think it's longer than that. <laughs> oh, whoa. <laughs> I played the fifth. <laughs> Now, I don't know if, it, Wes, you brought it up, but uh, I did float the possibility that this would be something that could be done live on the podcast. He told me that. Yeah. And I agree that could have been great, yes. but it's such a personal moment. I can see why, like, it just. Yes. Yeah. But what? as a host, oh, yeah, that would have been Well, great. what about the wedding live on the podcast to make up for the <laughs> fact that we didn't, this didn't happen that way? Well, last as long as I don't have to deal with anything, I don't care. When we he's just like hands <laughs> off. When we did go back to Tybee a couple of weeks ago, you woke up at like three or four in the morning after a night out oh, yeah. partying to watch the royal wedding. So that was one of the more amazing things I've ever seen. Keisha, who had had a long day and oh, yeah. was feeling great, left at one thirty a.m. so she could wake up at four to watch the royal wedding. A lot of people doubted you that you wouldn't be able to pull that off. I had but to you prove them wrong. <laughs> I went to sleep for like an hour, maybe in half. And I I saw up. that as yet another. Little nudge to Wes is like, I'm getting up for the royal wedding in the middle of the night. Sure. Let's fly. Yes or no? Oh, yeah. That was a nudge to me? Not really, but, you know, <laughs> I'm into that. It just was a big moment. Yeah. How about this? I don't work well with nudges. How about this? He's my nudger. I don't have to do much of that. He being Dan. Dan, yes. the agent. Just some nudging. Every time, like, if I'm feeling like uh-huh. about a nudge, you'd always bring it up in the podcast. I'm like, yes. <laughs> All right. I'm an agent of nudge. Putting a little fire under there. Very yeah. excited. This is this is great. You know what? I I do have in my life experience, uh, and it's not a great great thing, but it's a true thing that the people, especially guys, you know, relate to having guy friends through the years, family members. You really want your best friends, your close like cousins, brothers, to find a girl that is cool. And what what I've learned in my life is that it doesn't always work out that way no. where you where the guys that you care so much about end up with the girl that you you like and would love to spend time with and they want to spend time with you. So this is one of the special ones where it clicks and why we're so happy and excited. Why I'm so happy and excited because you're the real deal, Keish. And you're yeah. you're you're a great person and a good friend to all of us and it all it's like Legos, baby. That goes the same way for girls too. Like we want to yeah. have fun hanging out with the husbands and stuff, so 
You always want to like them. You guys have to stay fun, though. That's, I mean, we, you know, I'm not going to put up with you guys suddenly, oh, we're getting involved <laughs> in a lot of our own things. Hey, see you later. It's like, no, you better stay available and highly fun. Thank you. Much to my relief, Keisha has made it a point of emphasis over the past few weeks, past couple of months. When we do get married and have kids, that we're not going to be slaves to the kids. We're still going to have fun as adults. You say that now. I remember when no. Simone and I had that conversation. I, I've had conversations with She's got a lot of grim plans like, that she doesn't know what she's talking yeah. Hey, half the, like, half the battle is having that outlook, though. By the way, every couple before having kids has had that conversation. Just throwing that out there. You guys are adorable. We, we, did, we have to stay the same. Like, yeah, but you guys still manage to have fun. See? There are a lot of couples that don't. It's hard work. Uh, I it's hard work that. to have fun. It is, it is pretty amazing, though, to get to this point because I think early on in your relationship – I think we all no. I think we all thought that this day was going to happen. That mm. pr- pretty early, on, right. maybe even before before Wes seemed to fully wrap his mind ar- around it. That it seemed like th- this was coming. It was just a matter of time. He would tell me once we started dating, like stories that you guys would say whenever we weren't even dating, where we were just friends. Like the night that he ended up crashing on my couch because we had drank too much after the mm-hmm. softball game mm-hmm. and you being like, oh, this is huge. This is huge. <laughs> it was a Jim and Pam moment. It all yeah. seemed, it seemed uh, destined at a certain point. I do remember that. And then when it, because there were some, you know, there's some, you know, pre-Lakeisha talent that was just, you know, not up to snuff. And then when Keish rolled in and you guys had the chemistry during the softball season and everything, it was like, this makes sense. Let's go. Let's fly. And it's like, if it doesn't make sense, it blows up the newsroom. So thankfully it worked out. <laughs> sure. I will say this. The first time I hung out with Wes, this was like a week after you had moved. And we had been chatting on, you know, our IM client for months. And I was like, I really like this guy. And I was like, I, I want to give him like a drinking buddy, a friend when you showed up. And others did too. But we went one of the earliest nights out. We went to this place called Irish Times and this is like I don't even think Lakeisha what you haven't even met Lakeisha at this point this is years before that and the Wes got talking to this girl up at the bar at around like 10 30 p.m and around 10 38 they were in an argument and I thought this boy's got a long way to go <laughs> I have not heard because you were not before. into it when you moved to LA and it's incredible to see the arc from where you started Wes as a potential person who would date anyone to here Nice arc. Sometimes people say it like in a figurative sense. I kind of think it in a literal sense that Lakeisha might have saved Wes's life. I'm oh, being yeah. totally serious about that. I'll take it. <laughs> As in I would have died of cancer because I wouldn't have gone I to the know. hospital or no, the doctor? I'm not. I mean, I'm saying that fight without Lakeisha would have been maybe an unfair fight potentially. What you were up against. Especially Perfect I, timing. Yeah. I don't deny that at all. I think yeah. loneliness is tough. And then you add cancer on top of that. That would have been, yeah. It's I'm already much more psychologically and mentally fragile because of cancer. In some ways, like in some ways you're stronger, but in some ways, it messes with your mind. And that's that's really the part where you need somebody by your side. All right. So this is great. This that is a happy week. Me cry. This is a happy day. Uh, you want to sit in for the rest of the show, Keish? Because we're going to do in honor of the impending nuptials. And by the way, do you have like? You know, a hashtag because right, Mark, we just missed this. Greg, you you were also you got married a little before. Yeah, two thousand seven. Two thousand seven. You yeah. were when? Two thousand. We were not doing hashtags for our wedding. Yeah, you no. were at two thousand nine. Nine. I was two thousand twelve. You don't have to do it. A lot of people do the hashtags now. Oh, trust and me. And Keish is doing a hashtag. Wes he, doesn't have an option in this. You know, <laughs> choice. There's I, he has hashtag. one hashtag, and I have one because the story behind it. 
whenever we first started dating, my mom, not my mom, but my sister and my nephew were in town. And my sister has a way of just knowing if people are just good people or just liking them. Mm -hmm. So whenever he came over and met her, that was our like first night dating. And right away she loved him and said, hashtag team Wesley. So from day one of us dating, it was hashtag team Wesley. I have tried to put my foot down on this issue with the hashtags. <laughs> Already it's come up. Oh, it's it's come up so many times. I okay. said, I am not having a hashtag for my wedding. And you I've, have to. I've already to lost use, this you don't battle. You have to use it, though. You don't have to use it. I've already lost this battle. I it's think a partnership now. So we have two, West locked though. it up is, is yeah. a hashtag. That's pretty good, too. So two of them now. Pretty good. Pretty good. Okay, so in honor of this momentous occasion, let's talk about some marriages. Real talk about marriage in the NFL. And what is this segment? This segment is we're going to bring up some partnerships in the league. Um, we'll talk about the state of the relationship. What kind of marriage is it? Okay. Um, I, I think I'll get it going. How about that? Sure. We'll start it, and then we'll go around the room. Keish, you have one too? I have one. Excellent. Does it involve your favorite football team? Possibly. Okay. That's good. That's even better. That's love. Close to your heart. Say what that's you important. know. Important. Um, here we go. I'll start with the. I'll start in L.A. too, but with the other team. Okay. This was an arranged marriage. Think about it. An arranged marriage. Here is here's the groom. It's this uh, this team that wanted to be more upwardly mobile, wanted the wealth, wanted the status, uh, and decided to do that. They wanted to get into a partnership, a marriage with a city in Los Angeles, which is the bride here. But guess what? It's an arranged marriage. They didn't fall in love. This wasn't anything that happened naturally. And so what happens? The first year of this marriage is rocky. It doesn't, it doesn't click. It doesn't work. Because as much as the groom wants it to fly, the bride's like, I don't feel it. it just, this isn't working. I don't have that connection that you want us to have. So what does the groom do? The groom, being the chargers. Oh, yeah. The groom says, all right, I may have botched this a little bit. I'm going all in in year two. And he gets himself put together. He's the best version of himself. And now he's putting himself out there again to the bride saying, look, I've improved myself. I I know I wasn't perfect. Here I am for you. Will you love me? Mm. It's like we've got a starter house. We're going to move to a bigger place in a few years. (laughs) Just just this is this house is comfortable for a few (laughs) years. And then we'll move into the nice. I mean, their point. living arrangement is a, a source of stress in the relationship, but it's so much bigger than that. Hey, when the girl's not feeling it, the worst thing you can do is crowd her. You got to give her some space. Right. I was going to say, you know, some now arranged marriage is not, you know, common in this country as much, but it's certainly common in, uh, in some cultures. In this country. <laughs> some, some, well, you know, it is. It yeah, is sure it among is. some immigrants yeah. in the country. There's still some arranged marriages. OK, sometimes. Sorry. Sometimes, um, you know, that relationship. They stay married, but maybe there's never that that great love. So you never know. You don't know this early on, is what right. I'm saying. Well, you, they, they, a, it turns into a partnership, but maybe not a true love. Could be a depressing marriage, is what I'm saying. Especially when yeah. they have their anniversary but celebrations. But it could develop over time. And they have an eighty thousand seat stadium, and and there's no one there. Especially when the the bride in this equation has had eyes for decades for a team called the Raiders. So you know, you're always kind of wondering what would have happened had I. Got formed this union. The Raiders moved the, on though. Found well, another, I'm just saying that's, but mm, but that's a real trashy. But there's a partner. <laughs> yeah, real trashy. <laughs> I mean, it's sexy, but you know, a little. Hey, dangerous. Kind of a bad boy. You're not taking her home to mom. It could, no. it could blow up. 
Uh, or it could, you know, kind of over time. They're kind of still in the dating phase, even though right. they're married. That's well, a few transcendent part. moments would help. Yeah. And, and that trust builds naturally. Right. Mm. How about a little Philip Rivers uh, Super Bowl? How yeah, about you have 60,000 kids to fill up the stadium? That might help. Philip Rivers has all 60,000. Wait, you're talking about 60,000 Band-Aid babies? I'm just saying, like, you're going to have a stadium with thousands of seats. Like, maybe have a family to fill up well, the Rivers seats, a giant def- family. Rivers is definitely the man for the job. He can I mean, help. Oh, he is. You're right. <laughs> He's going to need a longer lifespan, though. And uh, uh, for, in literal terms, yes, the Chargers, they could be one of the best teams in the AFC. So... Does a year of the this this marriage's partnership lead to people starting to get interested in the team here? I'm not convinced. I don't feel buzz in the city about the Chargers. I feel it no. about the Rams. I don't feel it about the Chargers. He should, do you like that as a Rams fan that, that they've clearly kind of taken the early lead here in Los Angeles? Of course I love that because at first I was a little worried about the Chargers. <laughs> well, let's, let's stay in L.A. Go ahead. Let's well, talk about your marriage. The groom, Sean McVay. Bride, mm, Jared Goff. Hot groom. So Goff is getting out of a toxic relationship with Jeff Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> There's no connection. They weren't a good fit. He's tired of the 7-9 bullshit. <laughs> then McVeigh comes into his life. They fall in love. They compliment each other. McVeigh brings out the best. He's whispering sweet nothings in Goff's ear. Mm, Last perfect. season was the honeymoon phase. And now, like, they're ready to have kids. And by kids, I mean mm. trophies. Ooh. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> That's great. It is true. Last year was everything was just lovey-dovey. Oh, yeah. And everything worked. But now the real living begins. They don't That's have the to, true test. They don't have to worry about the seven-year itch for another six years. Mm. Is it accelerated, though, in the scale of an NFL oh, partnership? Like a dog Fair years question. type version? Might be two or three years. But they still could technically be in the honeymoon period, too. But oh, I think they are. Expectations oh, are so high this year, though. It's so different than what was going on this time last year. That's fair. Yeah, but they're newlyweds. They're in love and they're living happily ever after. <laughs> so you you have a very optimistic viewpoint. Oh, yeah. This is like a this is match like, made in heaven. I was excited for last season, but this season, whoo, the new additions, like, I'm just, yeah. Is Defense this? I mean, you, to... you are like the number one Rams fan because you're the only diehard St. Louis Rams fan that moved at the exact same time as the Los Kismet. Angeles Everyone Rams back out here. Home hates me though. So. <laughs> Doesn't so matter. It's you lonely got a, out you there. You got a new husband on the way. You can just start your life over. You don't need anybody. Yes, kids will be Rams fans. Your mom still loves you. She's in St. Louis. I think that's a great compromise. There'll be Rams fans and Cincinnati Reds fans. Okay, let's not go there. Or you just won't, <laughs> or you just won't have nearly as much control over your He's children. He's a big St. Louis right. Cardinals fan. Yes. Who are, uh, we'll chop rivals. the jerseys in half, and we'll see. Which that's, that's what they you get think. The pick. This is my hashtag. Uh, Mark, what do you got? I have um, a couple that I think has kind of lucked out here a little bit. Kirk Cousins. And John D. Filippo, the Vikings offensive coordinator, and they kind of remind me. Johnny D. would work his way into this. Well, listen, here's the thing. I think that he, the a, he's just coming off a nice Super Bowl win, and he rolls into Minnesota, and this feels kind of like one of those kind of hot, like like L.A. urban young couples that like has they both have like well, really high paying jobs. Oh yeah, they have no. No responsibilities. You know, maybe they have a dog that, that someone else takes they're care of. They're living in a loft downtown. Yeah, they're just like, it's like, an, and, they, and they have, hey, we'll show up to this party and that party. They're flying. They're just like, their bank accounts accruing. Downtown's there's, awesome right now. Oh, yeah. There's no there's no real controversy in the marriage so far. And all their friends who have, like, kids and, and responsibilities, like, what is up with these two? WTF with these two constantly yeah. floating from cloud to cloud. And, I mean, 
they have not had a single, they hadn't weathered a single storm together, and they landed onto a team that if everyone, if Kirk Cousins does what everyone thinks he'll do, and John Filippo, who I think actually, if you go back to when he was the Browns coordinator on a bad Browns team, maximized players. He did a great job with the Eagles quarterbacks. What more could he have done? They could win a Super Bowl very quickly, and this couple is even more annoying to all of us who are don't, you know, wondering. We're, well, we're, we're working day jobs. These guys are flying. That's interesting because you could set, have the same type of marriage explanation for who we just talked about as well, maybe even more so with McVay because they're, they're proven and everything, Goff. Uh, this couple, to me, is also kind of like the couple's like, oh, it all makes so much sense. It's almost like when Wes and Lakeisha got together, and you're a little envious, like, oh, they found each other. How exactly? How, so I think it's like them. happy like, for you, but kind of yeah. like, oh, well, you're kind of hoping so that they have to go through some sort of something together. Right, you know? I less. feel like we did. Oh yeah. Well, no, that's where it's not like you guys. You guys went through something. Just that's, a bit. It's not like you guys. Uh, well, I like that one. I I feel like if if Mark was gonna write some erotica about any of these couples, it's this one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Greg, that's an interesting comment. They showed up at the downtown loft as the sun went down. This couple sounds great. Um, I, I, I who, like it. And who would have guessed that uh, Kirk Cousins would you know, crowd in on Mark's territory? I always figured it would be him and Filippo. You know what I mean? You are I like Johnny D guy. I think you he's, ride or I, die with Johnny D. No, I think he's going to prove any doubters out there wrong. He's a good, I think he's going to be a good offense coordinator. I think you're in on the ground floor with Johnny D on a lot of levels. I don't think there's levels. a lot of doubters. It's just like you love this offensive coordinator who built his career, and now he's getting a big shot. I'm excited for you. I dig that. him. I'm excited for him. I'd, I'd be happy for Maybe Vikings Maybe you show fans. up at the lo- loft. Little three. I'm not going to get in the way. I'm not going to get in the way. I'm not going to get in the way. I know where I was going. <laughs> All right, Wes, you're up. Let's go with a newlywed couple. You know, last year Mitch Trubisky was the bride, swept off his feet by a um, – <clears throat> experienced older gentleman in John Fox who has been through a lot more in life. Hey, December romance may have been worn (laughs) down by a little of it. And you know, this elderly, not elderly, but you know, gentlemanly type, uh, really put him in really put Trubisky in some bad spots. You know, uh, Elvin Silva this week said he's been studying the bears last year for uh, sharp magazine and was amazed at, how poorly they were managed, how many bad decisions they made, how difficult they made life for Mitch Trubisky, a lot of run-run-pass series. Um, And now you're getting a fresh young guy coming Mm. in, willing to try new things like RPOs. What's Trubisky going to do with some RPOs? What does that stand for? Yeah, put him in that position. You know, that's (laughs) (laughs) put him in the RPO position. So there's there's a lot to like about where this marriage is going. Keeping it fresh. I like it. Keeping it fresh. I like it. We're skewing positive on a a, a good day. On a good. Yeah. Well, I have it. But you guys are. Well, I love it. They're all they're all great marriages. Yeah. Any other thoughts? Any. Yeah. Yeah. Topic is on the table. Go ahead. I got hung up by the RPO thing. I know. You, you really what did. What else it could stand for besides really run pass option? And oh, you're going through options in your mind. I got lost in, in the mind. weeds, yeah. It's just, always, just always good to keep the marriage fresh. Absolutely. Remember that. They don't They don't know what they don't know. <laughs> you know, kind of like these young couples. They don't know what they don't know, though, right now. They are in the newlywed phase. and Young, dumb, and full. Yeah. They're just going to – They're just gonna. the well, regular scene's going to arrive, and then they're going to be tested. Absolutely. We'll see. Filled with love. All right, Greg, you're up. All right, you said we were skewing positive. Mine is a relationship a little a little farther along, and uh, <laughs> and it's it's Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers, and and right now they're they're kind of a marriage that's staying together for the kids. 
you mm. know, the, the, the best years probably in the rear view. They've had a lot of great times together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you mentioned having some kids in terms of the trophy. I mean, they've they've got NFC North division titles just all over the place. They've got a Super Bowl title. They've got a couple of MVPs uh, that they work together. I mean, they've done a lot together, and that's why it's it's hard to break. It's hard to make that choice to, to break up when you've had all that success because there's a hope. Maybe you could have a little a little renaissance. But, yeah. but really, they're thinking about the oh. kids, all those Packers shareholders out there that are just <laughs> – that just want to want this era to get, get a little more. It's been great, but it could be even better. And so they're just staying together, hoping upon hope, even though the, the sparks haven't really been there lately, that, that it'll turn around. I got to ask you, Greg, who wears the pants in this relationship? I think Aaron Rodgers wears oh, yeah. the pants because, oh, yeah. you know, in, in, all, you know, in, in some oh, relationships so. – <laughs> He's still looking like he just got married. I mean, he's looking good. <laughs> yeah. He's he's looking great on the field. He's he's still at his highest level. And there's been questions, more questions, like, what's McCarthy really bringing to the relationship mm, right now? Ouch. So, you know, I I think that's I think he's definitely wearing the pants. Um, I had another one that kind of piggybacks off that a little bit because it's the Cowboys and and Jason Garrett, and it's a similar situation where it's maybe high school sweethearts. Uh, they get together. One way to look at it. Things things start out well, but as time goes on, things stagnate. All of a sudden, date nights on the town become nights on the couch. Uh, <laughs> maybe you know one guy, one side, you know, lets the gym membership lapse. The other stops going on her jogs in the morning. Uh, all of a sudden, <laughs> it's about the kids, and it's about making money in the job, and you just lose. Whatever it They're was. They're in that grind. They're in that grind. It's that grind. It it's that life grind. And I feel like the Cowboys and Jason Garrett are in that place where it's you have to start asking some hard questions whether you should still be together or if you're it's just a marriage of convenience at this point. Convenience. Does the marriage stand a chance when it started out as a kept woman? <laughs> Never works out. Explain. Explain. Jason Garrett has been kept by Jerry Jones for a long time, even before he was the head like coach. Like a concubine almost. Mm. He took his wife under his wing in this situation at a very young age mm. and, and, and taught her about life. Very and, young. And yeah. you could say, yeah. And it's been a, Jason Garrett was a young ingenue. Be, and been very influential. I mean, you remember Jason Garrett, he, he had a chance to leave. He had a chance before he ever officially got married uh, in Dallas. He had the job in Baltimore just waiting for him. He would have had the job that went to John Harbaugh. And just over the years, he, he thought he had just built this relationship mm. almost like he's brainwashed or something like that, that he's mm. got to stay. Jerry Jones mm. has a lot invested. Very interesting. Mm. Um, <laughs> we're low on time. Does anyone have a quick one they want to throw out? or I'll, I'll do a, a real quick one. Which okay. is, Go for it. Which is just Ron Rivera and, and David Tepper. It's like stepdad just showed up. <laughs> You know, and uh, you better be on your best behavior. It's a whole different house. You don't know what the rules are right. going to be. So it's more a family dynamic yeah, rather than a marriage. It's a little yeah. different. Yeah. Yeah. Stepdad just showed up. So Ron Rivera is married to Charlotte or the Panthers. Yeah. The Panthers. David Tepper is the stepdad coming yeah. in yeah. and overseeing. He's coming in. And what? He's big well, daddy. At what point does Ron Rivera go? You're not my real dad. Is that week six? Week uh, seven? I mean, it's week yeah, 10. If, if, it, if it hasn't already happened. Yeah. He's just hoping he's nice, wants to impress. If it already happened, I don't know if Ron's uh, going to make it to week one. If he drops him with a you're not my real dad bomb. <laughs> Fair, solid analysis. Uh, all right. Good, good marriage talk. 
Marriage. It's it's a crapshoot. Marriage. <laughs> <laughs> that's the takeaway. Uh, but uh, we're very confident the one that's in the middle of this room right now is going to work. So, wow, marriage on Tybee. I know. It's Woo. about to be that lit. W- for the record, that is her decision. <laughs> oh. I'm not looking forward to run into this Jim Glass film. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you that. And uh, coming up next week, at some point, we'll lay out all the odds on uh, Best Man for Wes. And uh, mm. maybe we might even have some odds for the uh, Maid of Honor. Well, Matron of Honor. Who knows? There's already some underlying tension from the fact that I want the wedding to be uh, as least formal as possible. Mm-hmm. And she and she is a woman in America, so I, that's going to run up against opposition. But I'm not as formal as a lot of people are. <laughs> like, she's, I want to have pizza and salad. Like That's what we're having for dinner. Yeah, she's she's yeah. really not. I'm she wants to have it in Tybee that. Island. That, you, just it can't be two points with that. It's got, it can't be too it can't be. I just fancy. don't believe in rules. Like, do what you want as a couple, not what people have been doing for thousands of years. Wow. This will be some wedding. That's my fiance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think that, like, people, other people who are doing it is ever going to be a good reason to do anything. Another, uh, there you go. Another program note next week is mandatory mini camps uh, for all or most? 20. All but four teams. All but four. Are the lines in or out? Greg? No, they're back. They're back in OTAs, Look at that. I think. They are serious this season. So we will do three shows next week, a little uh, early June uh, banger of a th- – and yes, we lost Mark again. He's, he's off the hook again. He's he's going to be not with us next week. I won't be with you. I don't regret that. You saw the schedule that week. That was the week <laughs> where he had three shows. And Does that, anybody think that's a shows. coincidence, by the way? No, no one. Look, at, I planned this months ago, but uh, I am not unhappy with how it came, you know, how it matched up with this with next week's well, schedule. Well, we'll so. miss you, Mark. Your your second staycation, uh, and hopefully this one goes a little bit oh, better. Oh, it's going to be absolutely great. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is Dan Hansa signing off for a Quiet Storm. Enjoy yourself, Mark. Uh, the mailman, Mrs. Mailman-to-be, the paramour, the old boss, and Lindsay Fulton behind the glass. Oh, yeah. Till Monday. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. You deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. 
You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.